Okay, okay, okay. Welcome to episode 11 of the Persevere Podcast. My name is Deshaun Stevens. And today on our show, we got our second, no, nah, my bad. We got our third guest. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Second overall pick in the 2019 CFL Draft, Hamilton Tiger Cats offensive lineman Jesse Givens. Jesse, thank you so much for coming in today. How you doing? Great. appreciate you having me in. Okay, okay. So Jesse's our third guest on the show. Jesse, it's your first offseason as a pro. How's it going? Man, it's it's been unbelievable, you know. Um, training next to these guys and being, you know, being from Hamilton too, right? Yeah. Some of these guys have watched on TV and, um, you know, it's it's crazy now. I'm just training with them, you know. It's it's the offseason now and it's time to go get another one. So That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So, yeah, no, congratulations on your first season. I know you had a long season, ended in the Grey Cup. Mm-hmm. Came up a little short, but, hey, what a way – to, to go out in your rookie campaign, you know what I'm saying? And you even got to play, you know what I'm saying? I know you yeah. were, we were talking and you said you were on that trick play that happened in the Great Cup, you know what I'm saying, oh, yeah. <laughs> to keep the game alive. Oh, yeah. So it's great, it's great. Um, so tell us, what's it like playing in the pros, first off? Um, for me, like, it's been like adjustment speed, a lot of learning. I had to do a lot of learning, you know. But um, it's uh, I feel like it helped a lot having a lot of, like, the veteran guys around, like, in the locker room, like, the guys up front, like our offensive line groups, veteran, like as as veteran as it gets. Honestly, it's been unreal though having those guys around helping with that. So, yeah, that's awesome. And so you're a Hamilton guy. Yep. Right. What's it like playing in your hometown? It's it's unbelievable. Honestly, it's it's funny. Um, you know, seeing guys like Jeremiah Mazzoli. You know, I remember going to I think it was the Eastern Final against Ottawa, and it was like a year ago, like year before I got drafted. Yeah. And I see him like do the like. I think he did like a draw play. And he ran like for like thirty-four yards in the end zone. I was like, I was like, dang, like <laughs> yeah. that guy's a baller. Next thing you know, I'm practicing with the guy. You know, I'm <laughs> in training camp. Uh, you know, they throw me in when he's in, so it's like <laughs> real live. Well, it feels like real live bullets, but you know, I mean, it's, it's the pressure, right? Especially coming into training camp. But of it's been unreal. No, that's awesome. Okay, so let's wind things back. All right. So you went to the University of Waterloo. That's correct. All right. You're finishing up your undergrad right now. Uh-huh. What are you studying? Uh, geography and environmental management. Awesome. And is this your last semester? It is. Congratulations. Yeah, like I said that. last week, we love educated athletes. We love yes, it. Sir. So get that degree. Go get it. Um, so take us back. Uh, what brought you to Waterloo? It's been like, what, four and a half years now? Yeah. Yeah. What brought you to Waterloo? Honestly, I mean, to put it simply, I guess like uh, Coach Bertoya, he was one of the main things. However, when I started playing football, I hadn't really thought I was going to take it anywhere. My plan was to go to college. I was going to go to Mohawk College in Hamilton, honestly. I don't know, I was going to pursue. I hadn't really decided by that point, but thankfully I got to play football. And um, my coaches at Sherwood Secondary School in Hamilton, they've been, you know, they're real patient with me coming in and stuff like that. So I was mainly all hockey. So thankfully I I played the sport of football, you know, brought me here, haven't now close to getting a degree so wow so let me get this straight so you were never even gonna go to a university originally no i had no aspirations actually to even to get in i had to um i do like booklets so i had to do like extra courses to try to get into university like i do like university english through a booklet i do a couple extra courses like university courses to even get in here so i'm pretty i'm pretty lucky and you know a lot of hard work to get in here so that's amazing. And so, hold on. If you had never gone to university, like if you had never gone to Waterloo, and let's say you did go to Mohawk College, would you have ever even tried to continue playing football? 
I don't think so, actually. I think I probably would have just played, like, I would have kept playing hockey. Yeah. Like, I was a hockey guy right from the get-go. Yeah. And <laughs> it's pretty funny, like, whenever I say it, because people, you know, especially getting drafted and all that kind of stuff, my expectations weren't, like, obviously I was going for, to like, play football at Waterloo, but yeah. I was mainly thinking, like, hey, I can get a degree out of this. Like, this is the biggest thing. And then, you know, first season later, like one season later, Waterloo, and we went 0-8, and, and I'm just like, gosh, like, is this what football is <laughs> <Yeah>. like? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, because I hadn't really been recruited too hard yeah. coming out of uh, high school, but it was all hockey for me, and I was probably just going to continue to play, like, rep hockey, honestly. Wow, that's amazing. It's crazy yeah. to see how things turned out because, for like, sure. hey, looking back, hindsight right now, like, listen, like, when it comes to football, you – you went the extra mile, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like now you're at like you're you're living the dream, you know what I'm saying? Awesome. So to think that like you may you were at that point in your life where you may or may not have even wanted to play football yeah, at that time where you know people were saying, I wanna go to university, I wanna get I wanna get scouted, I wanna get recruited, you know, like and to think like you're here right now, that's amazing, man. For real. No props to you for real. Respect. Props to you for real, man. Thank because you. hey man, for someone like like yourself that may not have even wanted to go to university, first of all to go to Waterloo mm. and second of all right now to be in a position where you can get a degree yeah after playing football for four years um while being a student athlete no man that's a big accomplishment bro for Appreciate real that. you know it's hard it's hard to Waterloo so kudos to you man kudos to you so you get to Waterloo mm. you touched on it first season you went 0 and 8 yeah right um so you're basically you're saying hey like this is what football is like yeah right you're saying hey this is this is is this really the life i want to live that's the you know thing yeah <laughs> like even coming in i was like wow oh nate like i knew waterloo wasn't like necessarily the best school yeah the trade-off i w what made me kind of consider waterloo the most and well number one was like the coaching staff so coach bertoy i met him yeah super enthusiastic the coaching staff everything like that i felt like i clicked i had the program i wanted that was the big thing too right and the big selling point was the co-op yeah. And then the third thing, the third trade-off I think I had, like, for Waterloo was I got to, like, have the opportunity to play right away. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So that's the yeah. one thing, right? Yeah, I know, Um, for example, yeah, definitely in 2015 when, well, Burt got here, Burt got to Waterloo in, uh, like, December 2014. And, like, yeah. right off the bat, his slogan was seize the opportunity, right? Like, exactly. <laughs> you can play right yeah. away. That was, his, that was his thing, right? So, like, exactly. um, when you're pitching that to, to kids coming out of high school, they have the opportunity to play right away, mm -hmm. whereas opposed to going to like a school like Guelph, Western, um, mm -hmm. McMaster, you got to sit for, you know, two, three yeah. years. Hey, man, people are going to want to come to Waterloo, you know what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, okay. Yeah. You came, you played right away. Yep. You got that opportunity. And so what was that first year like for you um, being a true freshman um, playing in the OUA? Honestly, um, it's pretty funny to look back, actually. There's a guy, um, Cameron Walker. Yeah. It was the first game against Guelph, and um, <laughs> I he actually got signed to the Ticats. And what happened was, is on the first ever play against Guelph, I was playing right tackle. This guy flattened me. I'm talking like heels off the ground, like my back flat on the ground. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, going in going into train camp, you certainly don't feel invincible. But I'm telling you, <laughs> after that, especially after losing like 78, I think it was like the six. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's. <laughs> It it really does, uh, you know, humbly. And I feel like it takes the confidence out of you too, right? And that's the Absolutely. big thing. Like, Waterloo's really helped, like, helped obviously all the players and stuff like that. Like, some of those players who, you know, have taken those four years to develop and they've gotten the opportunity to play right away. Like, Absolutely. that's that's the toughest part, right? Because I feel like in those games, you feel like you're playing for yourself. Yeah, definitely. But at the same time, like, what makes teams great is the ability to, like, 
like the cohesion, right? Yeah. Like if everybody can play for each other instead of themselves, like that's the biggest thing. And I feel like over the course of the my first year, I was thinking to myself, like, geez, am I paying? Am I playing for myself here? Like, and it made me learn, you know, especially through like Bert's culture, that uh, team is a definitely more valuable than you know what i mean i mean one person can have all the stats in the world yeah and one person can have all the accolades in the world but that doesn't mean nothing you know what i mean as a team that's the biggest thing to get 60 guys to cooperate and you know win championships that's the biggest thing absolutely and um i think for like you hit it really like, hit the nail right on the head um i think for example like in those first two years i think what you just kind of talked about it's kind of hard to instill in a bunch of like 18, mm-hmm. 19 year olds, hundred percent right? that are yeah. that are in the fire, not even playing. legal drinking age, exactly, yet. <laughs> right? Because you're going through the whole, um, the whole introduction to the football culture, 100%. the whole introduction to the university culture, right? On top of that, you're playing, you're starting in some cases, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's like your your dreams are basically like coming coming tr- coming through right before your eyes, you know exactly. what I'm saying? So it's hard to kind of sit back and say to yourself like, hey. Am I being selfish? Mm-hmm. Hey, how can I be more selfless? Exactly. Right. Um, so, but you know, some some athletes get it right off the bat, and some don't. You That's know what true. I'm saying? <laughs> and yeah. the ones that don't, they don't last long, and the ones that do, you know, they they end yeah. up, you know, where you are. You see what I'm saying? Everybody has their role, you know. Exactly. No matter where you are in the field, I mean, you could not like definitely not even be on the depth chart, and you definitely matter. That's the biggest yeah. thing, right? Practice roster people like. Any, any of those any of those guys that are on a practice roster, like I have mad respect for a lot of those dudes, you know? Absolutely. Like guys who can come out and know that at the end of the week, you know, they have a chance to dress, but they don't know if they're going to be dressing on game day. Yeah. You know, that's the big thing. I think that's where you truly, like, learn how to be selfless. That's true. Because you know, hey, it's most likely that I'm not going to play. Yeah. Right? So it's like, okay, what can I do to help my teammates get better? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So I think 100%. that's where the peak of selflessness is, right? Yeah. Um, but here we go. Your first two seasons at Waterloo, so y'all went 0-16, mm-hmm. right? Tell me what the highlight was for you during those quote-unquote dark days of going, you know, hmm. 0-8 back-to-back seasons. Well, I feel like the biggest thing, too, is, um, you know, like at the end of the second season, I feel like you see the light of the tunnel. You're like... And obviously, like, always having optimism. So, like, Bert's always been a really positive guy. Yeah. And um, I feel like it rubs off in a lot of the players and stuff like that. Seeing the light of the tunnel, you know, having the opportunity to even, like, win a game, you know, it means so much more. You know, obviously, I think the following season when we beat Windsor, like, for, like, our first win, it was something that, um, I don't know. It was – it's hard to say, like, you know, especially after losing all those games. Yeah. But – um being able to win that game means a lot for just not only like guys who are there, but the guys in the past, right? Oh, absolutely. So you see some of those guys come back, and some like, for example, like uh, Brandon Conway, one of the, he's a special teams coach for Waterloo. You know, yeah. it's it's something like you did for those guys, you did for the vets, right? Especially absolutely. in those situations when they don't get a or they even get like one win. You know what I mean? So I feel like having the like optimism at the end of that second season you know that even though we did go oh and eight there's a you know i mean there's always gonna be a brighter future it can't go like you know the ceiling's so high right absolutely and it's crazy because you know in your first two years like like yo there's vets that you played with mm-hmm. that their careers ended on oh and eight seasons yeah exactly right? and you know people that may not play or, or may not be familiar with football culture like it may not seem like a lot 
But yeah. when you personally know someone and develop a friendship with them yeah. over the course of like two years, um, you know, to see them crying after their last game, right? Mm. Or to see them, you know, saddened after their last game, um, knowing that like, hey, their career may not end the way they want, yeah. right? Worst case scenario, 0-8 season. That kind of, it kind of stays with you for a while. Oh, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so, um, no, that first win that y'all had against Windsor, first of all, it was a shootout. Right? 100%, yeah. <laughs> um, that was a shootout. And um, second of all, just that win itself, even though it was a win against Windsor, like a team that ended up going like one and seven that season, mm-hmm. right? Even yeah. though it was a win against Windsor, it still meant a lot because uh-huh. it was something that like, hey, you and everyone else on that team had been working yeah. for for literally yeah. two years, right? Um, you know, and, and, you know, for your head coach to preach positivity for two straight years through yeah. all that, right? When you, it when says you, a lot about a guy. Exactly. It does. So, um, yeah, it, it's like you're seeing the fruits of your labor, mm-hmm. right? And then, exactly. So that third season, y'all get the win against Windsor, mm-hmm. right? And then y'all go on a little streak. Yeah, a little right? hot streak, yeah. <laughs> on a little hot streak, right? Yeah. So you got a little hot streak. I think the next week you beat UFT, uh-huh. right? And it was a close one. That came out yeah. to the last play, right? Uh-huh. And then the next week y'all just demolish York, right? Yep. At home, <laughs> okay? Oh, yeah. So the first, so the win against UFT, that was like the first home win for Waterloo in like God knows how many years, right? Uh-huh. So that was a big thing. And then y'all demolish York at home, right? And then y'all go on the road. To face the the nationally ranked Carlton Ravens, yeah. right? So, so and this is Carlton like when they were good, right? Like uh-huh. Carlton's still good, right? But this is Carlton when they were kind of still coming off the heels of at their prime, kinda. exactly, yeah, right. So y'all go on the road to face Carlton in their homecoming, mm, right? So yeah. y'all go on that long road trip. What was it like for you going to that game, saying like, hey, this is probably gonna be our, our first true test of the season, right? Um, and you know, this is this is probably a chance for Waterloo to make a name for ourselves. What was it like for you going into that game personally? Honestly, right out the gate, I feel like a lot of guys were like, okay, this is our first, like, real, you know what I mean? Like, after York, we were like, okay, like, we've got something going here. Yeah. We, we figure out what works. And um, once we once we went against, like, Carlton, I feel like a lot of guys were like, this is this is a real, real deal now. Yeah. Halftime, I feel like guys were a little bit shook. But that halftime did a lot for us, you know. Like Absolutely. It's, again, Bert with the optimism. Like, he brought us up, and um, right out the gate, we started firing back, you know. That's the big thing is being able to play, like, four quarters of football. First two, when we play at Carlton, not the prettiest football, but that, that second half of football. Everything changed. 100%. Yeah. Guys were running hard. Everybody, everybody wanted it, you know. Yeah. That's the difference. So, it was – it's it's probably a memory I'll never forget, you know, especially like Dion breaking and getting open and yeah. an open field yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Some of those things, you know. Uh, I remember that game, that first half. I think it was Nathan Carter. Like he had like three hundred yards rushing. Yeah, right. So yeah. he was he was tearing up um, the Waterloo defense, and and y'all were down, mm-hmm. right? And then suddenly yeah. everything switches. I think that game y'all had your backup quarterback. Right? Uh-huh. I think that was Lucas McConnell. Yeah, right? that was Lucas McConnell, and. So, yeah, the second quarter, the second half comes, game flips completely, and it comes down to the last play, right? Yeah. I, think, I think Carlton scores a touchdown on the last play of regulation. They're going for two. Yeah. I think they're going for two to win the game. Oh, my God. <laughs> and and yeah. Lau Freccia comes off the blitz, and, uh, and he tackles the quarterback, and, and, you know, that's the end of the game, right? Oh, just before that, too. Um, 
just before that. I think it was during that drive. I think it was Corelli, like Brandon Corelli. Yeah. <laughs> he only he could have picked off the ball to end it. <laughs> and we like everybody on the sideline was like like flexing every muscle in their body. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> it was like first down. He's like, Oh, I could have picked that off. Everybody's just like sitting there like staring, like, what the heck's gonna happen? You know what I mean? So that's the thing. It, it came down to the last play and you know, playmakers make plays at the yeah. end of the day. You trust the guys you have on the field. So, and Lau made that play for us, you know. Absolutely. And now Lau's over in Mexico. He's balling. 100%. Right? So, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Props to Lau for real. Big time. Real. Yeah. So, y'all win the game, uh-huh. right? And then y'all get ranked. Yeah. Right? Y'all get ranked. What was it 10th in the nation? Yeah. 10th in the nation. Wow. Waterloo ranked 10th in the nation. So, y'all go from two straight all eight seasons to rank 10th in the nation by week four. Oh, How did yeah. that feel for you? Honestly, like, I didn't let it affect, like, what what we were as a team. Yeah. The biggest thing was, you know, like, can we can we continue? Which, in, in our third season, we didn't actually yeah. adopt to do that. But, um, I don't know. It's, it's something, like, I don't let the, like, a lot of those, like, accolades and things like that. Like, obviously, it means something, and it's achievement. But you got to move past them quickly. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It means something, but it doesn't. Uh, dictate who you are you haven't arrived you know what i mean Absolutely. just because you're ranked in in the nation like it doesn't necessarily mean anything it's you know? true it's true like you know could, it could be gone in, a, in an instant right 100%. Um, you could be ranked one week and then you could go unranked for the next like five ten years exactly right? that's how easy it could be yeah um okay so like you said with the second half of that that third season mm-hmm. right didn't go as as planned right it went the exact opposite of the first half y'all went so First half, y'all started off 4-0, mm-hmm. and then the next half of the season, y'all went 0-4, so you finished 4-4, right? But there was some promise there, yeah. right? You guys had some shootouts. There was that game against Guelph, oh, that yeah. first game against Guelph that you guys played at home. Yeah, that was something, I'll tell you. Um, I remember that was on the weekend that Western, that Laurier had their homecoming. They were facing Western, so it was a Yates Cup rematch. So mm-hmm. the whole city's over at Laurier, yeah. and there's, like, nobody at Waterloo. But that weekend, the Waterloo game was the better game to watch, yeah. right? So y'all had that shootout against against uh, Guelph. Um, didn't win that game. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Obviously, you had the Laurier game. We know how that went. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, it came down to the last week, the last week of the regular season. Y'all still had a chance to make the playoffs. That Ottawa game, another shootout, mm-hmm. right? I remember that game. Um, your quarterback, Trey Ford, was giving your teammate, Jackson Bennett, the work, right? Oh, you see yeah. what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> So um, y- y'all had a chance to make the playoffs that game. You know, things didn't go as aligned, right? But you went to the offseason saying, like, hey, we can ball, mm-hmm. right? So that third year offseason for you, you get the opportunity to go to East-West. Yeah. Okay, that's something I really want to get into. So first off, tell us about that experience at East-West just from the practice standpoint. Um, from the practice standpoint, I feel like I haven't ever – I had never thought practices would be that important. I mean, the amount of time that I had. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I was dealing, I had pulled my hamstring during the 40. Okay. And it's something that, uh, you know, I had to deal with, especially going against some of the best players. Wow. And in that case, I had to go against, like, Matthew Betts. Oh, yeah, we're going to get into that. We yeah. Go, we gonna get that was, into that's that. a whole separate <laughs> yeah. thing. But, yeah, going against him with my uh, with my pulled hamstring was, um, you know, it, it definitely was uh, something that challenged me, you yeah. know. And I'm, I'm – I'm, deep down kind of thankful for it yeah because you know going against that competition and making it that much harder on myself i feel like it um definitely prepared me for my fourth season 
and getting into like the CFL. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So and then obviously the exposure with the coaches, um, and then you know having a different type of coaching. You know, diversifying like what you learn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of just reading from one textbook, you're reading from all of them, right? Absolutely. Every Absolutely. coach out there, you know, have some sort of CFL experience or have coached at you know higher level. Yeah. So it's always nice to have that and get the opportunity to go to East West. You know. So okay. Let me get this right. So you pulled your hamstring in the 40. Yep. All right. So you're, you're kind of missing some practices throughout the week. All right. But you make it to the game. Uh-huh. Right? The fun part. And you're going up against Matthew Betts. Uh-huh. All right? The notorious Matthew Betts. Yep. All right? So I want to know, Jesse, what was it like going up against Matthew Betts? Well, right off the bat... Um, it I got I didn't actually get to participate in the first couple practices. Yeah, only because like I'm trying to play in the game at least. Exactly. And I said um, I said screw it I'm gonna go and do the one on one period. You know I had to do the one on one period because I was it was the I think the second day, and it was um or the third day, and it was um that one on one period where they kind of like you know I mean they fill you out a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like a mini CFL combine. They want to yeah. see how guys match up. Yeah. you know, and I think I remember going against a couple reps, and. I didn't. I didn't do as bad. Like obviously, I was confident going in, right? Always confident. I'm gonna be whoever I have. Of course. Across from me. Of course. And um, <laughs> and I went against him. I was like, okay, I'm feeling out. Like I'm, I'm like, okay, like I can dance here. Like you know, what I mean, some of the guys like they have the hype and stuff like that. You know, offensive linemen don't get that hype usually. <laughs> it's true. And um, like going against him in the game. You know, he has a different modes. You know, like he's got that like the game mode where. You know, I had some struggles. You know, everyone was kind of like fighting for almost like a job at that point, right? Yeah. It's, it's your, it's the start of your resume. That's true. You know? I never thought about it like that. It's so, true. and um, yeah, it was, it's definitely a great experience. You know, going against the best pass rushers you can, especially like I was playing tackle at the time, and um, you know, to go against the best, it re- it certainly helps. You know, a lot going into like you know your future. And yeah. In that case, it was like the CFL combine for me. So. It was a great experience. Damn. Honestly, uh, no, throughout that game, you you held your own against Matthew Betts. Oh, yeah. For real. Um, no, he was coming at you hard, for real. He was giving you everything he had, and he, you know, he had a couple plays here and there. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you after every drive coming off the field? Like, I know, obviously, like, at East-West, there's various amounts of coaches, mm-hmm. bunch of coaches, right? Who's talking to you when you come off the field? What are they asking you? Like, what what's going on there? What's the, com- what's the communication going on with What's the communication? Um, thankfully, uh, coach Burt was actually on the sideline. Wow. So I got to talk to him. <laughs> wow. I got some one-on-one coaching from coach Burt. Wow. And, um, the other person I, I we had was, uh, Irv and he's, he used to coach at Laurie now at water or sorry, at university U- of Toronto. Yeah, UFT, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he's a great coach too. You know, he, he gave us lots of, he's a very intense guy. You know, it's, it's hard to coach in a, in a, um, that's like from not like a schematical standpoint because we were running pretty basic plays right yeah. for the like for the fact it's an all-star game essentially absolutely you know technique like wise i feel like you know we're watching the plays on the ipad you know like that was like pretty funny too actually it's like watching cool. on the ipad because like <laughs> yeah. we're at laval you know they have yeah. all the goodies and everything yeah. that's not you know and um you know getting a different kind of outlook and someone that uses different terminology and actually i ended up um being coached also by um, Dennis McKnight, a, a guy who I was coached by this year, actually. That's awesome. He was our offensive line coach at the Tiger Cats. So, 
um, you know, having a different voice in your ear and, you know, even having Bert, you know, having that one-on-one, I had yeah. three different resources to talk to about that. And it was really nice to have, um, you know, the opportunity to, like even technique wise during the game, it's hard to modify, but at the same time you take it for what you can and you write that down in your book and you try, you work on those things later on. Right. So, but yeah, that's, that's, I mean, the gist of it. it's hard to, um, like modify on the sideline for those kind of games, but the guy, like the coaches definitely did the best they could in that kind of situation. Bro, so. the fact that you had Chris Portoya on the sidelines with you uh-huh. at East West is a blessing. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's literally your head coach. That's the guy that oh, you've yeah. learned from. He right? knows that's, everyone, man. You know, that's probably someone you look up to, like, um, you know, from just a professional standpoint. So to have mm-hmm. um, a figure like that on the sideline with you and probably at that point the most important moment in your career yeah. was probably special. You know what I'm saying? It was probably awesome. Yeah. Probably helped you out a lot. Probably cooled the nerves down a little bit too. Oh, yeah. Right? 100% so it did, yeah. That's cool. That's awesome, man. So you you show out at East-West, right? And now you're primed. You're getting ready for what you probably believed would be your final year, mm-hmm. right? You're probably saying, hey, okay, I'm going four. I'm four and out. I'm yeah. going four and I'm going out. Like, I'm, this is my fourth year. So here we go. Fourth year comes along. Mm. Um, you know this is going to be it for you. you. You're hoping this is it for you. What are your goals going to this season, knowing that this could be it for you, yes. Um, you have a professional opportunity mm-hmm. ahead of you, possibly. But you also have an opportunity to do something special this season with your team, yeah. at, based off what you did last season. So what are your goals going into that fourth year at Waterloo? Honestly, like... Um it was kind of like doing my one twelfth. Like when it comes down to it, like if everyone's doing their job, I mean, you're going to win games in the, in the end of it. So as long as I was doing my job and making sure that I had my teams back and, you know, I was playing for my teammates, like obviously the film was going to look nice. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's one of the more crucial parts. I wasn't necessarily thinking to myself like, Oh, I I have to make this game great. Like this game is, you know, obviously they are my resume, to, and it is, you know, going into the CFL. But um, as long as I do my job, I have a, I have an opportunity to be successful, not just myself, but all of us, all the whole team, you know. And um, it was, you know, it was, it was a lot of exciting moments. And obviously, like, unfortunately, we didn't. We came out a little more flat, obviously. Yeah. And thankfully, like, you know, I had a lot of, like, um, great, like, great games and stuff like that that yeah. I played. But... At the same time, you know, sometimes I do wish, you know, I had the opportunity to play my fifth year with the guys. And, you know, and, you know, even this year, like, I feel like you guys, like at Waterloo especially, you guys have something special. And it's going to be, like, uh, a lot of, like, success at Water- in Waterloo's future. Obviously, it's, you know, I get to watch now. And yeah. it's, it's exciting, <laughs> right? But especially watching Trey Ford and, you know, some of those guys and Ty Janowski and all those guys, the yeah. guys up front, you know, a lot of skill. And, you know, sometimes I wish I could play, but at the same time, you know, I had opportunities I'd take. So, so you touched on Trey Ford just now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were blocking for Trey Ford for two seasons, yeah. right? His rookie year and then his MVP year, uh-huh. right? Question: What's it like blocking for Trey Ford? Oh, it's um, it's a little nerve wracking. I can't, I can't lie. Uh, when uh, it's it's for me, I mean, for talking about technique. 
Um, it was a lot of when I locked on to guys, I was looking in the eyes of the DNs, you know, <laughs> I was looking if they're on the inside, I knew he's, he was, you know, he's still in the pocket. If, yeah. he, if they're looking outside, I was like, Hey, he's running like, Oh my goodness. and especially at the end of the last Guelph game, we played in the playoffs in the yeah. fourth year. Um, um, what's it called? <laughs> I remember vividly the last play was being a strip sack, uh, uh, Treveus, I think, yeah. I, I think his name, yeah. yeah, Guelph. He like came and like, he ended up like, just like smacking the ball at Trey's hand that ended the game and it made me realize um like how much of a threat Trey Ford is like running outside the pocket especially in that, like in that moment and you know <laughs> it is it is 100% um a little a little bit scary but I'm confident that Trey makes people miss <laughs> and stuff like that you know because he's definitely not a like a traditional um like stay in the pocket like passer but Absolutely. he's like he's a He's a like a dual threat, one hundred percent, and I feel like in the like truest word of dual threat, that's yeah. what Trey Ford is. So, and he's definitely gotten, you know, I feel like he's gotten the recognition. I feel like he's going to continue to get the recognition. You Absolutely, know? no, great I, player. I agree with you with that dual threat comment for sure. Like, um, I think when it comes to dual threat quarterbacks right now, Trey Ford's probably the best dual threat quarterback in Canada, right? I don't, I, I don't, I don't think there's anyone close right now, right? But I think a lot of coaches are starting to see the success that Waterloo's had yeah. with the running quarterback and especially how popularized it is down south, mm. right? It's true. Um, it just in the world of football in general, like nowadays you got to be a dual-threat quarterback. You're going to start yeah. to see probably more dual-threat quarterbacks in the OUA um, or just in Canadian football in general. It's true. But um, So you touched on that Guelph game. Okay, uh -huh. so that, that fourth season, y'all had the opportunity to make the playoffs for the first time mm -hmm. in 15 years, right? Waterloo makes the playoffs for the first time in 15 years. Um, okay. When you came to Waterloo in year one, you knew Waterloo was not the best program. All you were betting on was the words of your head coach mm -hmm. and, and, you know, the belief that something special could happen, right? With no guarantees, yeah. right? You're in year four, right? Um, and that final game of the regular season, you lose to Guelph. Yeah. When you get on the bus, you hear, hey, we're coming back to Guelph next week to play quarterfinals, right? Mm -hmm. um, first playoff game in 15 years. How do you feel knowing, like, hey, when I came here, this program was next to nothing, and now, like, I've been a part of something special, literally seeing it from the bottom rise to, to a playoff team? How did you feel? Well, it kind of made me realize, you know, like, it made me zoom out and look at the whole landscape, you know, especially, like, coming from 08 seasons. It made me realize the, like, the significance of what that meant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's... It's not. It was like it wasn't just like one jump. It was a bunch of leaps. You know, we had we had done a lot in four years. You know, new classes coming in, like bigger recruits coming, yeah, and stuff like that. And I feel like it's built like a, um, a soon to be dynasty. I feel like I feel like there's a chance for Waterloo to take advantage of what they have going on right now. And obviously, every every um, team has a slump, but I believe I believe that Waterloo had probably one of the biggest ones. And there's obviously a huge, uh, ch like, opportunity right now. Yeah. And looking back, and I feel like it's the new expectation for Waterloo, you know. And going into their next season, obviously, they, they can't stay the same. You know, they have to keep getting better. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, it's it's fantastic to see that some of the, like, some of the guys and new players are coming in and the coaching staff, you know, is continuing, like, where some of, the, like, people – in my class and like older veteran guys have left off so yeah absolutely um i, I agree with you 100 percent in terms of just the fact that hey the expectations for waterloo are getting mm -hmm. bigger like, yeah there's no doubt about that right um you can't 
make the playoffs two years in a row, right? Yeah. And and not go anywhere, right? But also, um, a lot of people are looking at like their performances in recent years. Like, look at that Western game they had last year, mm-hmm. right? The, both of them, right? Could have gone first, either way. The first Western game, I'll be real with you. Waterloo beat Western, but the football gods were on Western's side <sighs> yeah. that day, right? There's some crazy stuff exactly. That happened. And then that second Western game, the playoff game, right, to go to the Yates Cup. Um, I mean, hey, that was a close game. Mm-hmm. Waterloo's defense balled out, yeah. right? So, I mean, hey, Waterloo, like, the expectations are there. We're going to see hopefully in the next year or so if, if they could cash in and, and kind of get over that hump, yeah. right? But th- for them to say that they need to get over that hump, right, is something that they could never said, like, 10 years ago, right? There was, yeah. there was never a hump to get over. It was just the expectation of loss. Yeah, right? exactly. So, so, no, good for them, for real. So, no, um, you go through that playoff game, like, amazing. Uh Almost won, right? It was like mm-hmm. it was double overtime, yeah. Right? <laughs> it went. Oh it was gosh. like double. Well, no, the the game in the last week of the season was double overtime. My bad. The playoff game ended in regulation, but it was still pretty close, right? Yeah. Right. Um. But yo, okay. That's the end of your U sports career. That's the end of your college career. Yeah. Like right there in Guelph on that field on that rainy day. It's it's done, right? What are you saying to yourself the next day? Well. Um, like, I feel like I'm kind of like getting off one path and, and like, you know what I mean? Starting another one. Yeah. So I feel like it's kind of like another journey. Like, I feel like it's, I've kind of like just chained all the seasons together, you know, to try and get better. But now it's kind of, um, now it's on me to create like a career, you know, and in professional sports. So obviously it's, um, it's a lot of pressure and stuff like that. Um, and I kind of like hold myself to a standard instead of your team holding you to a standard. Obviously, Absolutely. I'm still with my Absolutely. teammates, training with my teammates and things like that. But it's now just a whole new standard that you have to, you know, you have to fight not only just like people, like players in the OUA for a job, but you're fighting all of Canada and even some people who played NCAA in the yeah, combine, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you earn the, earn your spot. So I feel like that's that's the mentality I'm having. A lot of research, it's it's a lot different trying to uh, train for the combine than it is for training for football, period, you know. So I'm looking down that path, and I'm trying to learn as much as I can, you know, throughout the con- like combine process. It's something you only do once. So yeah, Literally, yeah, literally. Yeah. So what was that prep like? Because, like you said, it's a huge switch from, like, just normal football training, right? Because mm. this is, like, athletic testing, right? Like, yeah. this is not this is not just your normal, like, obviously you got to gear up and you got to do your drills and all that stuff, but you got to show how athletic you are truly. So what is the whole process like for you getting ready for a national combine? Um, honestly, it was just a whole lot of, like, specific training. So it's something I wouldn't really wasn't really used to. I mean, being an offensive lineman, I ain't gonna lie. We yeah. don't sprint in a straight line very often. It's true, it's so, true. So and having from my previous history running forties, um, I didn't like the forty very much, you know? <laughs> but I, I still do the best I best I could with it. Yeah. And um, you know, it's I never had something be so frustrating before because like trying to do these drills over and over and over, it's all about the repetition and stuff like that. So um it was definitely unique. And it taught me a lot about training and stuff like that. And it's, it's opened my eyes up a little bit to different types of training, you know. And um, at the end of the day, I knew that it came down to my film was the biggest thing, in my opinion. And that's how I felt about it. But um, that that my film was going to make the biggest difference Absolutely. in terms of getting drafted and things like that. Absolutely. And the interest in, in myself. And, um, and obviously, like, showing up to the combine in um, 
fulfilling those expectations people have of me. So obviously it was just, you know, it was, um, I guess, uh, how do you want to put it? Um, like kind of like verifying it, Yeah. you know, verifying my career in the, in no UA. So that's kind of how I viewed it. Okay. So you get to the national combine. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So you're here now. Like, yeah. this is it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, tell me like, what are the nerves like in your body? Like, are you nervous for the testing? Are you nervous to gear up? Like, how are you truly feeling in that moment knowing that, Hey, everything I've done over the last four years, it comes down to this right here. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's do or die right now. I've done good, but everything could be gone just like that. Yeah. What is, what are you truly feeling in that moment? I mean, I'm not like an overly nervous person. I mean, it's yeah. easy to say that you weren't nervous now. Obviously, I did the combine <laughs> yeah. already, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, honestly, like it just came with the calm, collected, like, um, obviously, like the most nerve-wracking part is the one-on-one period for offensive line and defensive line mainly. You're going against people you have no clue. Obviously, I was doing research. I was watching like guys film. Like, so I was like watching Matthew Betts. He ended up not going to the combine. Yeah. Ended up watching his film. Um, ended up watching, you know, Robbie Smith, some of those guys. Like, yeah. Because I wanted to make sure I knew them inside and out, you know, because I'm taking advantage. Like, if they're giving me an inch, I'm taking an inch. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It may Absolutely. not be very long. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, not huge. Yeah. Same time, it's every, every slight edge I could take. Mm. That was the biggest thing. So, I mean, I had I had some nerves for sure. I mean, the biggest part, other than the one-on-one period, was running the 40 again, right? Yeah. Like, after that first run, I ran, I think, exactly what I ran at East-West. And I was like, okay, well, I didn't pull my hamstring this time. That's, <laughs> that's a big win. Yeah. I, you know, I matched the numbers. And then I ended up running a, a better 40. And I was like, okay, I was starting to feel the flow, you know. And I started to, like, kind of, like, gain that confidence. Biggest thing is having the confidence, you know. Like it's not it's not cockiness confidence. Absolutely, man. Know? Confidence is key. I agree with you one hundred percent. So, who gave you the most problems at uh, at the combine? What what defensive lineman gave you the most problems? I mean, Robbie got me got yeah. me good that one time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the one thing is, I kind of wish I got to go against more guys. Yeah. Um, I wish I got to go against um, Vince uh, Desjard Desjardins. Yeah, Vincent Desjardins. Yeah. I kind of wish I got to go against him. Um, honestly, I think Robbie gave me the toughest bit there and p- taking that center rep was, uh, was cause I, I never touched a football in a game, let alone a one-on-one. Like yeah. I, I think I might've maybe once in a one-on-one period, like yeah. maybe in practice, but like, um, <laughs> that, that was fun. Like, honestly, I think it's football, right? It's all fun. Yeah. And I'm not really worried, you know, if I, if I lose game, like if I lose reps, it's not the end of the world. It's how you respond is like, like, honestly, that's how I was looking at it. I lose a rep. I'm not losing again. So, one hundred percent. But yeah, it's fun, honestly. So yo, you you did your thing at the combine, man. Like for real, and like appreciate that. The results showed <laughs> because, <laughs> man, I'm sitting at home and I'm watching the draft. Mm-hmm. And second overall pick, Jesse Gibbons, Jesse Gibbons, offensive lineman, Waterloo Warriors. Mm-hmm. You get drafted second overall yeah. in the CFL draft. And honestly, like, I have not done my research yet, but I'm pretty sure that's the highest that someone from Waterloo has ever been drafted in the CFL draft. I don't even, I don't need to do my research. I think that's, that's mm-hmm. probably the case, right? So, okay, you're sitting at home and you see that you get drafted second overall, mm. okay? First of all, 
I'm pretty sure it's like the top nine or top ten, like actually get their name called on TV yeah. by the commissioner. So like you're watching that. Like, does Hamilton call you before that, or do you like do you see that live and then you're like, oh my gosh, like, is that when you learn? Like, when do you actually learn that you get drafted second overall? Honestly, I was my I remember vividly. I was I was sitting in the kitchen and uh, I had some like family members over, a small little get together kind of thing. Yeah, and because um, I I honestly hadn't known where I was gonna get picked. Like I I hadn't actually known at all. I mean, my agent would be talking to me, you know, giving me some sort of, like, feeling, like, oh, these teams like you and stuff like that. That day, I had several teams, like, CFL teams call me. Mm-hmm. And it kind of made me realize, like, if they're all calling me now, like, what does that mean exactly? I mean, I had no number that I was thinking in my head, like, I was going to get drafted this number, yeah. you know. But the first the first moment I learned, you know, I had – <laughs> it was the commissioner saying my name. Really? You know, honestly, yeah. What? I was staring at my phone the whole time. I look up. I hear my name. I look at the TV. What? I say, I literally go like, whoa. Like, <laughs> it, it freaked me out. Like, obviously, my heart was racing because it was Hamilton too, right? Yeah. And by that point, I knew Toronto was going to take um, – uh, I was taking their offensive lineman, yeah. the, the guy from Oklahoma. Yeah. And um, at the time, <laughs> I, like, I, was, I was freaking out, honestly. Like – because it was Hamilton and because it was the second overall pick and all of those things, like, I mean, I could say that I had feelings, but honestly, I had no clue. Like, I really didn't wow, know. Like, so What a way to actually find out. Like, that's actually, that's amazing, yeah. bro. And then shortly after, I had Coach Orlando yeah, call me. They call you. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure if you listen to that Everyone's Instagram video, <laughs> yeah, if you start to if yeah. you listen to that Instagram video, you <laughs> might get an idea of how I was feeling. Wow. You know? <laughs> so yeah that's awesome no for real like to, to find out like first of all to have the commissioner say your name mm-hmm. is not a this isn't the nfl draft where like 32 people hear mm-hmm. um roger goodell say yeah your name you see what i'm saying like randy ambrosi only says the, the the first round i think like the first round the first two rounds something like that mm-hmm. right so like yeah. at nine guys at least you know hear their name get called right so that's um crazy. you know for you to hear your name get called is like it's amazing right like it's like yeah. wow like and and to even just backtrack, right, mm-hmm. all the way back to the beginning of this conversation when you said you didn't even know if you want to play football coming That's the, the biggest thing, right? yeah. For someone that didn't know if they want to play football literally four and a half years ago, to come to come back here now and, and have the commissioner call your name, mm-hmm. right, that's the most inspiring thing. I think that's, like, the, the biggest thing that makes you go, wow, you just truly never know, right? Mm-hmm. You truly never know. If you, if you give something a chance, what could truly happen, yeah. right? So, man, no, kudos to you for that. But honestly, now, like, yo, you get drafted by Hamilton. You get drafted by your hometown, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You're staying at home, yeah. right? So, <laughs> so you go away to Waterloo for four and a half years, all right? And you're thinking, okay, what? Where's next? Where's next? Am I gonna go to Saskatchewan? Am I gonna go to BC? Do I have to move down to Toronto? Uh-huh. Oh man, do I have to go to Montreal? Nah, you're staying at home. So, okay, what are your thoughts immediately, knowing that you're staying right at home? Well, I was, I was in my head. I was like, you know, I'm familiar. Like, I don't. I'm actually like comfortable where I am. Yeah. You know? And, um, like, <laughs> like obviously, there's a lot to learn. Obviously, I was, ner- I was nervous as if, you know. I was going to any other team, you know. Absolutely. But at the same time, like, I, I had that comfort of being at home, and I knew I was going to go down to the train camp at Mac. Yeah. You know, I had went and watched the year before and stuff like that. Like, obviously, like, I'm a fan of the Ticats. Yeah. And then I'm a player, you know what I mean? Like, that's the – it's crazy to think that. And um, honestly, like, I'm having that, like, pride, and I'm, like, I'm happy, you know, to be in Hamilton. And, like, 
I don't know. I feel like it's uh, it's hard to describe. You know, it's it's almost like a sense of um, it's honestly like a like a it's mainly just like prideful of where I am. Obviously, like I could have been drafted anywhere. I had no clue where I was going, and I'm just like super excited to even just play football professionally. Wow! And then I get to even play at Hamilton. Like it just kind of uh, it like kind of like shook my world, but in like the best way possible. That's you awesome, know? man. And <laughs> That's honestly that's awesome, you know, like uh, to grow up a fan of the team and watch the team. Mm-hmm. You know, you live in the same city, you get to go to games, you get yeah. to watch the training camp at McMaster, yeah. right? And then to get drafted by that team, that's Cinderella. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that's literally Cinderella. Honestly, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not a lot of people get to have that opportunity in their life. Not a lot of athletes get to have that opportunity, right? To yeah. get, you know, normally you see people signing where they want to go in free agency and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but. The business aspect gets to everybody, and soon you don't have 100%. any favorite teams anymore, right? Yeah, exactly. When you, when you get drafted by a team you, you, you grew up watching, it's special. It's special. Yeah. Um. So, here we go. You go from, and you go from an eight game season, mm-hmm. right? And you're playing like twenty plus games now because like yeah. you're, you're playing in the playoffs too and all that stuff. Like, tell me about the, the change that, tell me about how that change had an impact on your body. Um, well, I remember, I think it was like the eighth week of the regular season, the middle, in the middle of the week, I think it was like a day two and I'm sitting there, I'm saying, like, I think I was like walking to the shower, like after practice, I'm like, well, if this, if I was in the OUA, this, we'd be all done. You know what I mean? (laughs) I was sitting there going like, dang. And, and then it made me realize once I got to like the 12th week, I was like, gosh, like, honestly, it. Like you have to be mentally tough, yeah, to be, to play this 100 percent in that many that many CFL games, and you know I didn't get the opportunity to necessarily start or even like I got to play in a couple of games, yeah. but um, it certainly does a toll on your body, and it it gives you um, it opens your eyes to the level of um, care you have to take for your body. Obviously, we have like some of those tools, like the Ticats allow us to, you know. We have a lot of like um, like great therapy staff. We have fantastic like facility and yeah. things like that. But it honestly, it's it's a lot to take in, and it's a lot to physically take in as well, not just mentally. So the biggest thing, honestly, was um, staying consistent with your recovery. As consistent as you're trying to be in practice, like you can't do it without having great recovery and taking care of your body. That was the big thing. So. Yeah, and it's different too because now you're like, you're traveling across the country. Hundred percent. Right? I have friggin' uh, yeah, airplane legs. Or we, yeah. we're going to BC, coming back at four a.m. You know, yeah. red eye. Everybody's trying to go to sleep on the airplane. Th- things like that. You know, from BC. So that was some crazy stuff. Wow. You know, I, I spoke with uh, we spoke with Scott Hutter last week, and he yeah. said like, he said, hey, you gotta love the game. Like once you reach the pros, it truly tests your love for the game. Honestly, it because does. if you don't love the game, you won't survive. Yeah. Right. Um. So, yeah, like, hey, going from eight games to playing 20-plus games, having to, you know, have more intense practices, Mm -hmm. right? You're traveling on top of that, right? Like, that truly does test how much you have a love for the game, right? So, hey, if you got through it, damn, your your love for the game is solidified. You know what I'm saying? Your love for the game is solidified. (laughs) But um, on traveling, though, what was your favorite place to travel to? Jeez. Hmm. Honestly, I really did like Calgary. Yeah? I like the city of Calgary. I, I did like that place. Um, I didn't mind Saskatchewan. I mean, it's tough because like that was my like my first time in a lot of those cities. Absolutely, you know what I mean, yeah. like we got to spend a whole week for Grey Cup week in Calgary, 
but I mean, I did enjoy my time in Calgary because I actually got to spend a week there. But if I were going to spend a week in a lot of those places, I'd probably get a true feeling what it was like. You know, some of those some of those places we were there for like three days, not even. Wow. You know, we're we're getting on it on our airplane as soon as the game's over. So, wow. I mean, and it's crazy. <laughs> some of these older guys, right? Like, think guys like Chris Van Zyl, he's thirty six. Yeah, and he's been playing professionally longer than I've been playing football. Yeah, you yeah. know, he knows the ins and outs and stuff like that, and he's showing us all these places and like. You know, it's hard for me to say truly, but honestly, from what I've had so far, I've enjoyed Calgary a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah no, Calgary is beautiful, man. The like, city of Calgary. For real, Calgary is beautiful, and, like, it, it's a football city. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's a football 100%. city, man. For real. Playing at McMahon Stadium, McMahon Stadium is beautiful. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's very beautiful. So, and just in general, they got the Saddle Dome. They, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful scenery. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It is. So, no, Calgary is definitely beautiful. Um, Okay, here we go. From a professional standpoint, Jesse Gibbon, what is your ultimate goal as a professional football player? Like, where is your final destination? Where do you want to go? I mean, it's hard for me to foresee that right now. Yeah. However, like, I obviously do have aspirations to play as high as I can. Yeah. You know, and if if the NFL opportunities present itself, that's something I would try to take advantage. At the same time, um, more short term, I want to try to take advantage of my CFL at like opportunities absolutely for me to even reach the nfl or even get the opportunity let alone you know anything thankfully i had some opportunity already absolutely but um being able to get that done i will have to uh follow through with a lot of things i have in the cfl and ultimately i'm i mean if i have a really real long career in the cfl you know like in the double digits, that'd be fantastic. That's, That's something, something to be proud of, you know. That's yeah, hundred percent. Something to yeah. be proud of. Yeah. You know? So I mean, it's it's kind of crazy too, you know, for me to like in my in my eyes too coming in to like the CFL, I was thinking like, hey, I can pay off my school right away. Yeah. And I'm and I'm playing football. This is spawned just from football. Yeah. You know, from going to university, I got a degree and I got to pay for it with football, like. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the crazy stuff about it. You know, you never know where you're going to end up in, like, four years, five years. That's awesome. Man. You know? No, for real. But, like, um, yeah, playing the – getting to – you know, one of the great things about playing in Canada is that they force you to get your degree yeah. before you you go pro. Like, they basically force you to get your degree, right? Yeah, they, financially, they, it yeah, doesn't they, make sense to ex- stop. Exactly. You know? They force you to get that education, right? Um, So, you know, for some – for some athletes, you know, here in Canada, for them to say like, "Hey, I got drafted CFL, mm-hmm. but I also got my university degree," 100%, like, yeah. that's amazing. There's there's athletes down south who are that, that could barely crack an NFL practice roster that mm. don't have a degree. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because that's you know they, they struggle took, exactly, right? So and and you know the the academic you know help here isn't like there's not a lot of yeah. it's not like down south. You know what I'm saying? You uh-huh. really gotta grind for those grades. That's true, right? So you're coming out well polished, and you know. Um, hopefully as intelligent as you can be right mm-hmm. so for real like um, I think I think a lot of people they don't really realize it but we, we got a good we got a good end of the stick here in Canada yeah. in terms of just coming out as well-rounded athletes it's a happy medium honestly yeah and that's absolutely. the thing like obviously our coach like my coaches at the Ticats you know they're pushing me say you know get your degree you know Kurt, coach Burt's pushing me say hey you're not leaving without your degree I'm telling you that right now you're leaving with the freaking paper and um, you know and that's the thing. You having like great support around you is the biggest thing too, right? Yeah. And pushing you to, you know, finish your school. And that's the biggest thing financially. In the CFL, you really, you really can't finish without. Like, I mean, it would be just kind of like, it'd be ridiculous not to try to finish your degree, you know. 
because you're you're so close, especially some of those guys. Like yeah. some of those guys are in their fifth year coming to the CFL. You know, maybe they're getting signed, maybe they're getting drafted. Who knows? Like, like you should that like there's no like no way you're leaving that place without that. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So like you said, yeah, you're too close. Like yeah. you said, like yo, you got you just finished your first season and you're back you're back in university and you just got one semester left. Yeah. Right. Like why not? Exactly. You know what I'm saying why yeah. not finish it? Right. Um. Next thing, great cup. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There are some people that don't get to play in the Grey Cup their entire career. That's true. Okay. Yeah. You have the opportunity to play in the Grey Cup in your first season mm-hmm. in Calgary. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, like, this is the city you're saying, like, yo, I like this city. Yeah. Right? You get to play in the Grey Cup. Okay, here we go. Tell us about that experience, like, as much as you can. How was it playing in the Grey Cup? How was it being in Calgary for that whole Grey Cup mm. festivity weekend? Yeah. Everything. What was the atmosphere like? Tell us. Oh, the atmosphere is, I mean, it's it's kind of a wild card, actually. It's pretty interesting only because you get some of the prairie provinces come around, yeah. obviously it being Winnipeg and us. Um, it made it pretty interesting, like the crowd itself. The atmosphere was kind of interesting mm-hmm. in the way that you get a like a little bit of everything. Yeah. And um, it was it was definitely fun. It was all down to business, you know what I mean? It didn't feel like a different week, you know? It felt like I was practicing – like a normal week yeah you know and obviously like it's it's the last game and it's arguably the biggest game and um it's it's kind of like i don't know i was kind of starstruck at first you know because we turned around after we played edmonton we turned around and we instantly flew to calgary you know like right away pretty really? much yeah oh my so God. i was like all right th- like this is the time this week's so i have to clamp down there's wow. no you know there, there a lot of a lot of the team like uh personnel is like blocking out a lot of the noise yeah so they make it very easy for us honestly and like it was it was challenging to prepare and it was challenging during the game but obviously you know sometimes your plan doesn't follow through the way you wanted to absolutely absolutely and um Honestly, it was a fantastic experience nonetheless. And, you know, being surrounded with a lot of those veteran guys, I feel like there's an opportunity to do that, yeah. you know, in the near future. So um, on to the next is kind of like how I viewed it. Absolutely. You know, like things do happen, like mistakes do happen, but it's just how you respond once again, you know, that kind of mentality. Yeah. And you know what? Honestly, um, no, just the, just the opportunity is a blessing, right? The opportunity is a blessing. On, in always. Your, in your yep. first year. Um I think you guys will be back tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Um, you know, yep. you, it, being in Hamilton uh, this past season, you know, mm. going to the Great Cup, there was, a, there was a little bit of pressure on, on Hamilton because they haven't won the Great Cup in a while. Yeah. Right? So the opportunity was there, you know, but, hey, this offseason, y'all got some big-name free agents. Y'all got Davier Posey coming, you know, to, uh-huh. to join Brandon Banks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, it was quite the You know, the so now. y'all probably have the, the best wide receiver duo in the CFL right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um you're primed to y'all have y'all primed to have a good year again. You know what yeah, I'm saying? People are looking right. at people are looking at Hamilton to be another team to to make it to the Great Cup. So we'll see where things go. You know, hopefully the more opportunities come along for you. You know what yep. I'm saying? But okay, here we go. Now we're here. It's your it's your off season now, and you're looking forward to year two, mm-hmm. right? So Jesse Gibbon, what are your goals in year two of your CFL career? Honestly, it's it's mainly just a game of trying to break through, yeah. you know, and trying to get that opportunity to play. And, um, it, you know, it starts in practice and things like that, you know. This off-scene training has been great for me so far. And um, all i got to do is fall through and be able to bring what I uh, built from last season mm-hmm. and bring it into the next. Yeah. And obviously, 
it doesn't matter who who's out there at the end of the day we're putting the right right people out there and i and i hope to be one of those people absolutely honestly that's probably the biggest goal obviously doing what's best for my team absolutely and at the end of the day you know for winning games and let's say like you know i'm in or i'm not it doesn't matter honestly i'm doing my job i'm doing my part so awesome that's the end goal that's awesome all right so we have some questions all right. for you, okay? We got some fans. They sent us some questions. Uh-huh. We pulled that post yesterday. All right. Uh, here we go. First question. What was your first training camp like with the Tiger Cats? Um, so everything's flying at you. They're making you uncomfortable right away. Yeah. You know, the biggest thing is, is if you're not challenging yourself, you're not getting better. So the biggest thing with the first training camp was they were just pushing us and making us feel probably as uncomfortable as we possibly can. Like any other training camp, you can prepare as much as you want, but you're never, you know, you're never prepared for like um, like what they have in store a lot of times. Like it's very, very tough to prepare for training camp. And um, mentally, it, it's 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 hard. They beat you down mentally. Everybody physically is, is capable there, right? That's how a lot of times players get to that part you know, where they actually get to go to train camp. It's it's more the mental aspects. Mental strength is the biggest thing in, in train camp for me. That's awesome. Okay, here we go. Next question. What year did you have the most fun playing O-line? Hmm. It's hard to say. I mean, I love playing O-line in general. I mean, that's why I'm still playing, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. But um, in my third year, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I can't lie though. I was I was a little greasy, you know. <laughs> I, was, I was an aggressive player. Third year was pretty fun. Fourth year was fun because at that point I was the most refined. I was as an OUA player. Yeah. And um, I think uh, it's it's tough to say, but I think my third and fourth year were fantastic. Like, you know, in my third year I was I was playing aggressive. You know, I was playing free. You know, yeah. in my fourth year I was I was coming out swinging. I was continuing with what I kept doing you know in my third year but i don't know it's the tie between my third and fourth year at waterloo honestly that was yeah. super fun i mean if we're going by school yeah honestly playing with the tie cats has been fantastic of course, too, of, course right? of course like i mean it's my first season so i'm it's hard to i mean it's it's playing offensive line at the end of the day yeah. it's something i love to do absolutely you know so uh, it's just been fun realistically that's awesome every time man. i get to play okay here we go next question so you're wearing cowboy boots uh-huh all right <laughs> This question is, what is the best outfit to wear with cowboy boots? Hmm. You know what? You gotta get you gotta get some nice, um, some some nice jeans. You know, stack okay. them on top of the cowboy boots. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta cover up the shaft of it though. You can't you can't be. T- <laughs> I mean, depends where you are. It's situational. But you gotta you got you can't be tucking your jeans into your uh, cowboy boots. You're walking around in public. Okay. But I mean, you know. I wear them a lot of time from with yeah. almost like you know any color jean don't matter. I wear them with my suit a lot of yeah. times, you know. I mean, I wear them to every game too. I, really? I wear my cowboy boots to every single game. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's uncomfortable on the plane sometimes, but yeah. it's a ritual that I started, so I, I'm gonna finish it. You know. It's, it's crazy because I saw this question yesterday. Uh huh. And then I'm like, I really want to see what boots he's wearing. I want to see what yeah. she's wearing when I see him, right? Yeah. <laughs> cowboy boots. I was like, perfect. I was like, hey, you know, the weather's looking pretty nice out. It's not too slippery. That's yeah. the big thing, too. You got to realize this. Oh, it's yeah. pretty smooth on yeah. the bottom, man. No grip, yeah. And you get the leather sole boots, too. Those ones are dangerous. Oh, my. If you're out with the ice and anything like wet or anything, that's the one thing. I think it was raining in, um, oh, I can't remember where it was. 
it was raining somewhere and I was wearing another pair of my boots and they were leather sole and I almost slipped a couple times. Oh my god. It was sketchy. Honestly, I can't lie. Even going to Calgary with them on, yeah. I was like, you know, I was I was walking like a penguin, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you heard it here from Jesse, all right? The best outfit to wear with cowboy boots, you got to have the jeans. Got some normal, you know. Yeah, normal jeans, nice nice little fitted jeans. Canadian tuxedo even, you know, you exactly. get the denim on top, denim on the bottom. Exactly. You got to make sure they cover the shaft of the boot. Oh yeah. You can't tuck your jeans into the boot, all right? Yeah. Whoever asked that question, you know who you are. Yeah, exactly. Listening. Okay, here you go. Here we go. Uh, what? Oh, who was the hardest defensive lineman you ever had to face in the OUA? Hmm. Not counting the combine. Not counting the combine. I know you said Robbie Smith. Yeah. Um, Kenny Onyeka gave me a lot of issues. Carlton, eh? Yeah. Yeah. He did give me a lot of issues throughout my couple years here. Kwaku was one of those guys, too, that I had some troubles with. Oh, of course. Honestly, I'd say I had more problems with Kenny. Yeah. Because I, I had to go against him more times. So it ended up being like, a, I don't know, every time I kind of got to go against him, it was like um, he'd gotten better and I'd gotten better, right? Yeah. I think that was a guy who I probably had the best matchups with, you know. I was It was head-to-head. A lot of those games, I remember one of the home games we played against Carlton. I was having some issues and stuff like that. But um, honestly, I believe Kenny Onyeka was the guy who had the biggest um, – you know, battles with. Yeah, I'm not surprised to hear you say that because, hey, that's a man that's from the f- – I, I call that family the first football family mm-hmm. of Canada. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, a couple of those yeah, guys. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They have a lot. When it comes to football ballers, they got a lot. You know it's what I'm true. saying? They got a lot coming still, uh-huh. right? So that's the first football family right there. All right, here we go. Who was your favorite quarterback to block for? Hmm. I mean – Trey, Trey's it's it's hard to compare, but because obviously like Lucas McConnell, he had his like athleticism. Yeah, he did, he did. And then you had like AJ Hughes in a, for a couple of the games. AJ Stewart's in there, and he was a wild card. So I feel like it was uh, <laughs> like you know he was making plays, and he was just fun to play with. You yeah. Know? And then um, Trey Ford was a guy who had me nervous sometimes, but at the end of the day, I was blocking some guys, and I see him running down the field, I was jogging with him, and I was watching him. It was just fun <laughs> as hell to watch, you know, but. That's a tough one. That's honestly a tough one to answer. But I mean, they're all they're all great in their own yeah. way, you know. And that's what that's why I've honestly loved playing Waterloo is the people that you get to meet. So, geez, that is a tough one. It's a tough one. Yeah, you got a lot of good ones, man. Like I said, Lucas McConnell and Trey Ford, two great ones. Yeah, AJ Stewart, another great one. Uh huh. Yeah, you guys had Ethan Belbeck that one year. Ethan Belbeck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that was something. That was yeah. wild. Yeah. Yeah, that was something. That was something else. A bunch of different quarterbacks. Yeah. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, you answered this already, but this is just for the purpose of this person that asked, all right? Mm -hmm. How did you specifically prepare for the combine? I know you answered that already. Uh Let's go over that again for this person. Um, So the biggest thing, well, for me personally, in my position, I was doing a lot of – I was doing a lot of scouting, so I was scouting yeah. most of the D linemen. I went on the website. I wrote down everybody's name. I wrote down how tall they were. I wrote down their weight. I wrote down – um, like the where their like YouTube link was, yeah. I tried to like figure out what kind of player they were. I'd go on their Instagram sometimes if okay. they had some, You're you know, heavy scouting. If they had some like pass rush or something, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Anything in practice, I saw like, yeah. You know, I mean, I was trying to get as much film as I could. Okay. You know, some of those NCAA guys a little bit, little bit harder, but yeah, you know, their is. stuff was on YouTube and stuff like that. So it starts with that. That was the biggest part for in terms of the combine, sticking with the technique and making sure you're consistent with your training. Um, 
sprinting mechanics and things like that is um, crucial only because yeah. a lot of what the combine is is like running and like fluidity and stuff like that being an athlete in general um honestly the biggest thing though is the grit and staying with it and being consistent is honestly as long as you're you know you're doing the right things and you're being guided the right direction and you know what's best for you like as long as you're consistent you're gonna yeah. get better consistency is the heart of perfection mm -hmm. all right so there you have it perfect practice you, you go you got your answers from jesse given on how to prepare for the combine so we're gonna see you next week at the combine hopefully you show out all right so jesse last question mm -hmm. now i know this is kind of weird like i don't know if it's weird as a professional now like uh -huh. you're, you're a pro now so i don't know if it's weird to ask you this question but like yo what's your favorite nfl team actually you're is that are you wearing the Chiefs yeah, right now? Yeah, Chiefs. Yeah, that's the Chiefs. Yeah, you're a Chiefs fan. Yeah, back in the Alex Smith days. Oh yeah. Yeah, actually, there was um, coincidentally when I was when I was going to the combine. This comes back to the combine actually. Eric Fisher, their left yeah. tackle. Yeah. Um, I watched the 2003 Senior Bowl on YouTube. I watched that probably like 50 times. Like I've watched it so many times just watching one-on-one -on -one reps. Like wow. I've watched it like so many times. And Eric Fisher was one of those guys. And um, I'm I'm a fan of like Jamal Charles before yeah. he got hurt, um, you know I was there throughout the Alex Smith kind of deals, yeah. you know Justin Houston now he's gone, but um, it's funny that you, I saw that you saw you like wearing <laughs> that and I was like oh there you go I like that yeah <laughs> shopping, man. They're yeah shopping. A, yeah the Chiefs see y'all don't know I'm wearing a 1997 Kansas City Chiefs Western that nice vintage yeah Western Division champions you know Western Division doesn't exist no more so it's a nice vintage uh -huh. you know hit up um. Hit up uh, what's that? What's that place called? Luster and Oak, mm. Waterloo, Luster and Oak, or Black Market in Toronto. If you want some nice vintage stuff, mm. but um, no, yeah, Kansas City Chiefs. So you were probably you were probably like wilding this year when, yeah. when they won the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, big time. That was the thing. I was I was watching the Super Bowl and saw Patty Mahomes go off and watch yeah. the defense. You know, put up that wall against that San Francisco offense. Man, it was it's hell of a game, especially against like Joey Bosa. Some of those or yeah, Joey Bosa against um, what's it called? The um, or no Nick Bosa sorry yeah, Nick Bosa, Nick yeah, Bosa yeah. against um you know the, the Casey offensive line and my um I actually really do enjoy watching um uh LDT yeah you know Miguel, Duvernay, eh? Tardif, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's one of those guys I like to watch I remember watching his highlight tape when he played at McGill yeah and uh, I remember Bert telling me a story about how he saw him play and he literally picked up two guys one DN and one a like linebacker and drove him like ten yards. Oh my god! You know, and that's kind of like you know, what I mean, I see those kind of things. I see some of those players, you know, people like uh, Taylor Lewan, yeah, um, Kyle Long, like some of those guys. I try to model my game after, and that was one of those people. Like LDT was one of those guys. No, it's just I find it just cool that you're finding the Chiefs because like, hey, there's a Canadian offensive line yeah. starting for them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? And it just shows sky's the limit for any Canadian. You know, that's a guy that that's from McGill, from that's a true. Canadian school. Right, so like, yeah. yo, for any offensive, for any just Canadian player out there, mm -hmm. it just goes to show sky's the limit. You know what I'm saying? Like, if oh, you yeah. grind and you make your way to the CFL, you know, other doors can open. Right? There's really no true end to the road. Um, but yeah, no, from like that Super Bowl, like, listen, like Nick Bosa, mm -hmm. was, I thought he was gonna be MVP if if yeah. 49ers won, right? Yeah. Because he was, he had like 10 quarterback hits. Yeah, like <laughs> he had like what, two forced fumbles. Yeah, right? man. so like. Uh, he's he's banned down passes, all that stuff. Like he was having a game. It was a game. I mm -hmm. I don't know if you listen, but Emad is um the other other partner on this show, uh -huh. and uh, he he's a big believer that like Jimmy Garoppolo is next up to be the goat. Okay. In the NFL, right? He's, oh yeah, he's the a podcast. Big yeah, yeah, he's a big believer that Jimmy Garoppolo mm. will replace Tom Brady 
as the GOAT in the NFL one day, you know what I'm saying? He thought, like, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo's going to prove in this Super Bowl. Uh-huh. I mean, I think we saw what the true GOAT was. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. I, Patrick Mahomes <laughs> is a bad man. Exactly. Right? So, um, yeah, man, I I, uh, I wasn't surprised that the Chiefs won the game. Mm-hmm. I was surprised of how it went down. Yeah. Right? Because that was, like, a dramatic finish. And they were – Patrick Mahomes was struggling the entire, like – Basically through three quarters because yeah. that defensive line was rushing him heavy, putting a lot of pressure, giving him like man. one second in the pocket. Second quarter team, man. Yeah, Kansas man. City Chiefs, they've proven it a couple of times where they've came back, you know, even if it was a touchdown, but they show up in the second half most times. Yeah, Third bro. and fourth quarter, honestly. So it just, it just goes to show that, hey, one, like that's uh, Patrick Mahomes is true. That, that's just a team in general where mm. they can just turn it on. Yeah. And when they turn it on, it's done, right? I mean, yeah. you, saw, you saw it against Houston when they were down by like 20-plus. Right, you saw it against um, yeah. in, in the in the was the AFC, AFC championship game against Tennessee. Yeah, that's true right? too. Yeah. When they were down ten nothing, right? Yeah. And then you saw in the Super Bowl when they were down through three quarters and they came back and, and yeah. came up it's twenty-one insane, points. Man. Um, here we go. Last question. Mm-hmm. All right, it's a question we last we asked Scott Hutter last week. He's a Patriots fan. Mm-hmm. All right, does Brady stay or does Brady go? Hmm. I mean, I think he's gonna stay. I think he's got to end his career. With the Patriots, I th- I yeah. believe so. Yeah, I think he's gonna he's gonna kind of do what like I, f- I feel like he could do like a Peyton Manning where he could like switch teams, but at the same time he's been there so much longer. Yeah, absolutely. That I feel like he could like like kind of like um, bring a new quarterback in, and then slowly that quarterback is going to learn from Tom and he's going to slowly transition into the starting position. Yeah. And I feel like Tom is like, I feel like he's that kind of guy. Like he's not necessarily, if he can't play he's not going to play. You know what I mean? He doesn't want to let the team down. He's like the, he's selfless and like the, I don't know, the biggest definition. So I feel like he's a guy that, you know, maybe when the Patriots don't need him anymore, he I could maybe foresee him. But like yeah. right now I feel like he still has the opportunity to play. And I feel like he's in playable, like, you know, condition still. At his age, yeah, I think no, I think he's definitely in playable condition. I think yeah. he's still a ball, right? Um, obviously, he's not. Maybe he won't be like MVP level no more, but he still will be yeah. a top end half exactly. quarterback in the NFL, right? Yeah. I just think, yo, seeing Tom Brady potentially in a different uniform is just weird. You I, know I think I think I saw him in an Oakland Raiders one. Oh my god! And it gosh. freaked me out. Not gonna lie, it I, freaked me out. I saw that edit too. Yeah, I saw that edit too. I think there's San Diego too. I think yeah, I seen like, I seen San heck? Diego. Well, yeah, L A. L A. Yeah. yeah. Um. Raiders, like uh-huh. Vegas. I think the but I think the ugliest, like I haven't seen this edit yet, but seeing him in a Titans uniform mm. would just look weird. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think it would just look weird. But Jeez. I don't know. Time will tell. Like t- clocks tick in like literally in like about 15, 16 days. Uh-huh. Free agency starts. So we're gonna see like what's gonna happen, right? Yeah. We'll um, truly see. You see his Hulu ad too on uh Instagram yeah. during oh. this. <laughs> that that was something, <laughs> eh? That's that's what makes me think. Yeah, he's trolling again. Man, he's he's on to something. I, he he has got a fantastic humor. Honestly, I do think he's gonna stay. And Man. that's partially because of it, because he, you know. Uh, the other day he was at a Syracuse game with Julian Edelman and um yeah. and Edelman's like, he's gonna stay, he's gonna stay. And Tom just gave like a he smiled, but he gave like an awkward smile. Yeah. And I was like, and then there was like a video of um they were FaceTiming Mike Vabrel. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I was Titans. Like, what? Yeah. So weird, and man. And I was like, what? At the game, I was like, what's going on here? But I don't yeah. know. We're going to see. We're going to see. Yeah. Um. But yeah, when you, if you ever enter free agency, we want to see like how free the, you know, the experiences for you. you yeah. Know? So we'll be in touch with you about that. 100%. That's definitely, that's definitely an experience we want to know about. Yeah. But listen, we're running out of time. Jesse Gibbon, we want to thank you so much, bro, for coming All on right. the First of Your Podcast, man. Like, I appreciate it. really you. appreciate it for real. 
being our third guest. Um, you know, with the busy schedule that you have, finishing up your undergrad, mm-hmm. training for your second season, carving out the time in your schedule to come by the studio, oh, have yeah. this chat with us. Um, for the people, for the growth of the game, mm-hmm. we really appreciate it. So thank you so much. Yeah. But that's a wrap for this week's episode. We thank you for listening to the Persevere Podcast, episode 11. We love you. We appreciate the support. We're signing out. Peace. Peace.